Well, welcome to week two of our series, Vintage. Last week, Pastor Brandon Dawes kicked us off with an incredible message talking about vintage roles, our place in marriage. It was an incredible message, really challenging, and I encourage you, if you didn't catch that, to go back and check out week one of our vintage series. This whole series is about vintage values, old ways in which things were done that seem outdated to our culture today, yet there's a lot of value that it brings to our lives. I love vintage things. Vintage things are oftentimes uh, considered to be old or worthless or outdated. We've modernized things, but there's something about the nostalgia, the feeling that you get to something that is vintage. I began over the years with a vintage collection of different things. I began uh, collecting some vintage wrestling figures from when I was a kid. I've got vintage cameras. Uh, I've got vintage electronics. I just like some of the old things. I shared several months back that I had purchased an old Sears Wishbook catalog from 1993. You remember getting those when you were a kid? They were really thick, full of everything you could possibly imagine to buy. And I remember every Christmas it would come in the mail. My mom would hand me that catalog and she would say, circle a few things that you want in this catalog. And of course, as a kid, you just end up circling the entire page of the entire uh, selection of things in the kids section. I mean, it was all the toys. You just wanted them all. There's something about uh, vintage things that are brought into a modern day. And so we just believe that we're living in a time in our modern culture where we need some of the vintage values that impact our lives and our relationships. And here's what the Bible says about this and what our entire series is being built on this month. And it's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4, and here's what it says. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. What an incredibly important and weighty verse of Scripture. And I think the time in which the Bible was talking about is now. There's never been another time that I can remember where our society and our culture reflects this more than the modern day that we're living in. So I think when the time is coming, in my notes, I just put today, like we're here. We're experiencing this now. We're people who want to hear what we want to hear, and we don't want anyone else to tell us anything any different. We're living in a cancel culture society. So that if you say something that I don't agree with, I just cancel you. You're no longer validated. Your opinion doesn't matter. Your outdated way of thinking does not matter anymore. So I'll find more people who think just like I think and believe just like I believe. You see, we're looking for things that validate our subjective feelings. Everything is subjective. It's the way I feel. It's what I think. It's what I want to do. It's what makes me happy. I don't care what the Bible says. I don't care what morality would have to say about it. It's how I feel, and it's what I want to do. And so we are literally moving into a culture that embraces this type of thinking. We reject the truth, and we chase after myths. Why? Because it's because of our own desires. 
And so we just believe that throughout this series, we want to go back and revisit some of those vintage values that the Bible gives us clarity on the way that we're supposed to live. The Bible gives us clarity on the way that we're supposed to think. As a matter of fact, the Bible even goes as so far to give us clarity on the way that we're supposed to feel. And so today, I titled your message, Forgotten Filters. And I want to talk to us today about some of the forgotten filters that we used to have in our lives and some forgotten filters that we need to have present in our life today. A filter today in our modern culture and your modern vocabulary may seem very different than what it actually is. Today, when we say the word filter, we think about what's on your TikTok or your Snapchat or your Instagram, what's on your phone camera. It's a filter to change your face, to change the way you look. My son is five and a half and he loves filters. He loves to get on there and make his face a cat or a dog or a monster or whatever the case may be that he's into that day. He loves those filters. However, that's not what a filter is. A filter is put in place to remove things that are harmful. We have filters in every area of our life. My aquarium I love to keep aquariums. I can't find anybody else that's that interested in my aquariums. Uh, last week in our message and talking about how we endear each other in our relationships to take time to involve ourselves in what our spouse's uh, enjoyment is. And I told my wife, I said, I need you to get on board with my aquarium. And so sometimes she'll just walk in, she'll take a look at it. And she'll be like, yeah, that's great, looks good. My five-year-old, I thought he's gonna love my aquariums and all the fish. And he looked at it one day and he said, hmm, okay, dad. And I said, bud, you don't really like dad's aquarium, do you? And he said, mm, not really. And so I can't find anybody that's interested in it. But on my aquarium, I keep filters. And in that filter, I have biomedia. I have different, uh, different uh, structures of, of, of things that protect and remove particles and waste that come inside that aquarium. There's all kinds of things hidden that I have packed in that filter to remove things that are harmful to keep the aquarium clean. You have filters in your cars. There's oil filters, there's air filters. and our air conditioners, there are air filters to remove the impurities. Some of you had coffee today you had a coffee filter. There's a filter that removes the, the grounds and makes and streams all the coffee. I don't know. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I see you guys making all your coffee. Even cigarettes. Come on. Cigarettes have a filter in them uh, so they're healthier. You know what I'm talking about? So you don't get all the impurities and the harmful stuff of a cigarette. We're trying. But even a cigarette, something that's harmful for you, knows well enough to have a filter in it. And then our water, the water that we drink. We have filtered water. I remember back in the day, I'm still old enough to remember when we started bottling water and we started talking about it, it was purified. This water from Dasani, from the Coca-Cola company, is enhanced with minerals for a pure, fresh taste. And I remember going, who's going to go in the store and buy water? We get water from uh, the tap. We've, we've got it from the faucet. Why do I want to go in and pay for water? But now this is commonplace, that we want the purest form of it. So my question for us today is, if we purify, filter everything else in our life, why is it that we are missing filters in the areas of our lives that matter the most? And I believe that the Bible gives us some insight 
on some key areas, some specific things that you and I should be filtering in our life. And so today, I want us to pray, and then I, I just want us to go into God's Word today with an open mind. Because here's what I know. I know that anytime uh, that we're faced with addressing issues in our life, I know that anytime we're faced with addressing some of our hurts, our habits, or our hang-ups, and there's some things that maybe we need to tighten up on, we need to get a little better at, we need to, we need to make sure that we're living a little bit better than we are, come on, to push ourselves. What I recognize is that the enemy tries to tell you that everything's okay, there is no use, it does not matter. But I believe today that God's Word is going to challenge us to get some forgotten filters back into our life, to remove some of the impurities so that we can live a holy life, set apart, sanctified in this world, but not of this world, that we are truly disciplined followers of Christ. We are devoted to the things that Jesus said. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. And the filters of our life is what enables us to do that. So we're going to pray and we're going to invite God's Word to speak to us today with, with no reservation, with no preconceived ideas, with no barriers in place. We're just going to open our life and say, God, you have all of the freedom. So Jesus, today, thank you for all of my friends watching online. I'm praying that today's Word would be challenging to us. It would be convicting to us. It would be motivating and encouraging us. God, to move forward and to become more like you. So speak to us today in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to give you three simple areas today that I think need to be filtered. There's three simple things that need to be filtered in your life. And these three areas really encompass our entire state of being. It encompasses our entire life. Everything that we'll talk about today represents the totality of the life that you're living. And the first one is this, this you need to filter your head. You, you need to filter your head. Your brain needs to be filtered. Your thoughts need to be filtered. Inside of this right here, this complexity of our head is our brain that is the central uh, system that tells everything what to do. I mean, this is the computer system that powers our entire system. And if that's not healthy, then we are unhealthy. And here's what the Bible says. James 1 verses 14 through 15 says this. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now this is an incredibly strong verse of Scripture. I mean, this is one of those verses that just meet you right where you are. It's really tough to digest when it says something like this, that our temptation comes from our own desires. Stop and think right now in your life, what are your greatest temptations? What do you find comes at you every day that is tempting you in the way that you live? Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's a sexual temptation. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's where your eyes go, what you are thinking about. Maybe your temptation is to be offended by everything everyone does and everyone says. Maybe your temptation is to be negative. Maybe your temptation is to a drug or to alcohol or to abuse yourself or to think little of yourself or to think little of others. Maybe your temptation is to eat too much or spend too much. I mean, we all have temptations in our life. And here's what the Bible says. It comes from your desires. 
your own natural personal desires. And when it entices you, when it comes to get you, when that temptation is uh, standing in front of you and challenging your decisions, it wants to drag you away. It wants to drag you away from truth. It wants to drag you away from right decisions. It wants to drag you from righteousness into sin. And these desires, they give birth to sinful actions. Look at this, that when the desires in your heart and when you give away to that desire, when you give in to that temptation, well, it gives birth in your life, that it begins to produce something. Birthing something is bringing something to life. It is producing something. And this gives birth to sinful actions. Meaning that what happens in our life, what follows giving into the sinful temptations, it gives birth to sin, which is sinful action. And then when that begins to grow, it then begins to give birth to death. It's a legacy of your life that you give into temptation and it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to sinful action. And when that continues to grow, then it produces death in your life. That's why it's very important to understand what's happening in your brain, what's happening with your thoughts, what is in this computer system that is feeding the rest of your body, the rest of your soul, because your mind is a place that God wants to live so that he can tell you your worth and he can tell you your value so that he can empower you and educate you and equip you with all of the things to live righteously. However, the enemy wants to take up space in your brain as well. Your temptation comes from your own desires. I'm willing to bet that the way you're thinking determines the way that you're living. The way you're thinking right now probably determines the way that you're living. The way you think about something directs your actions. But when you give into it, it drags you away. It gives birth to your actions. And so the way that you're thinking is often determining the way that you're thinking, the way that you're living. I love this quote from Kung Fu Panda 3. Here's what it says. It says, before the battle of the fist comes the battle of the mind. Before the battle of the fist comes the battle of the mind. It begins in your headspace. There's an old saying that I love that says, you can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest on your head. And I think today that's the really key portion of this, is the temptation's always going to be around you. It is always going to try to entice you. It is always going to try to drag you away, but you can stop it from moving in and taking up space in your brain. How do we do that? Look at the Bible in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, and here's what it says. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. So throw off your old sinful nature. Get rid of the stuff. Get it out of your brain. you got to get rid of that. How do you do it, though? How do you get rid of this former way of life? It's lust and deception. Well, you let the Spirit 
begin to renew your thoughts. See, the Bible says that when you give your heart, your life to Jesus, the old is gone and the new has come. So you've been replaced. You've gotten rid of the sinful self and you've let God take room in your spiritual self, your renewed self. It's like throwing all the old stuff away so that you make room for the new stuff to come. We do this during the holidays with our, with our son. When it's Christmas time or birthday time and new is coming, we clear away some of the old to make room for the new. We have a rule in our house, in our garage, and our attic. We don't store anything in our attic. So if we, if we have to store it in the attic, we don't need it, we don't keep it. So we have to get something, give something away. In our garage, we have limited space in which we store things. And if I want something that I need to store, then I've got to get rid of something else to make room for the new. It's the principle of God to get rid of the old, make room for the new. And I want to challenge you in this today. If you're doing it on your own, that's why you're failing. That's why you're falling short. Because it's only the presence and the power of God in your life the Holy Spirit that can remove the old so that he can make room for the new. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says this, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You take captive everything. Look, if something comes in your space that does not belong, those negative thoughts, those uh, things that you shouldn't be thinking about, those lustful things rolling in your brain, all of those things that you think about when you are idle by yourself and you know that it's not God's best, you know that it's not going to build the character and the integrity of your life that you hope for, all of those things, right in that moment, you take it captive. You grab it and you say, you have no room here. You've got to go. You've got no place in my brain to set up shop and change the way I think so that you can communicate my actions. Because what is in your brain? What sets up shop here is what's going to live out through your life. So you need some filters happening in your head. You need to filter the head. How do you do it? I want you to write out this word, think. Write the word think. And I want to give you a few strategies with this word, think, that will help you filter your mind. T is test. Test. Test it. Don't believe everything you hear. Just because it comes in your brain, something that you hear that is said, something that you think that passes through, test it. Just because it's there does not mean that it's true. I'll never overcome this. I'll never be any better. You let that settle in your brain, then you'll never achieve all that God wants you to achieve. You take that thought and you measure it up against what God says. You test it. And if it's not God's best, then you get rid of it. You test those thoughts. H, helmet. Write the word helmet. Put on the helmet. The Bible tells us about the, the, the armor of God. And he talks to us about the helmet that, that, that guards our brain. There's an old statement, especially in old technology, uh, garbage in, garbage out. G-I-G-O. If garbage comes in, garbage will go out. You need a helmet to protect you from what is coming on the inside. I is imagine. Write the word imagine. Imagine your place in all the promises of God. There are so many promises that God gives you in, in his word. And the reality is every one of those promises are for you. And, but if we have a negative mind, we have a negative life. We have a negative outlook. Then we have a negative existence. If we entertain all the negative sinful things that come in our head, the Bible says then we move that into action and we negate the opportunity to walk in the promises of God. And so I'm telling you, imagine today that if you would get your brain lined up with the thinking of God, 
God, seeing it His way, understanding it His way, own, understanding and owning the promises that are in His Word, what could change in your life? What would be different? Imagine walking in God's promises. The end is nourish. Feed your brain. Feed your mind. Replace some of the negative things that you're allowing to take up space with all of the positive. Remove the negative influences of music and of TV and of things that you listen to from people and conversations. Get rid of it. Nourish your mind. Give it worship. Give it God's Word. Give it encouragement. Give it positivity. You need to replace the negativity and you need to nourish your mind. And then K is keep learning. Keep learning. The devil is not dumb. No, he's not. He's powerful. And he's doing a good job working on our culture. So you need to keep learning. Look, the smarter that you are, the harder the devil has to work. Think about that. The, harder, the smarter that you are, the harder that the devil has to work. Make it hard for him. Keep learning and growing your mind. More about God. More about yourself. More about a positive outlook. More about making good decisions. More about overcoming. Learn more. Keep learning. Think will help you to filter your mind. The second thing that we need to filter is you need to filter your heart. Filter your heart. This is important because this is a progression. You see, what takes up shop in your, in your brain, what begins to formulate in your mind, it begins to take root in your heart. And see, culture would tell you something like this, just follow your heart. It would ask you a question like, well, what does your heart tell you to do? What is your heart saying? Well, that's not what the Bible says at all. We need to go back to some vintage values. We need some uh, forgotten filters, and you need to filter your heart. Because here's what the Bible says, Matthew 5, 28. Jesus says, but I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Now that is a strong verse of Scripture. See, most of us would say, well, I, I wasn't physical. I didn't commit adultery. I haven't slept with another man or another woman. I haven't given myself to anyone. There's no way I would do that. I'm not an adulterer. But Jesus just wanted to clarify. He wanted to show the weight of a decision because it affects the heart. You see, when it formulates in your mind, see, the lust and the sin and the desire that grows in the head, it begins to make its way to the heart. And Jesus said, if you look at her with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart because it's all about the emotions and the attachment. Your heart is very important because when your emotions get involved, we're emotional people, aren't we? We get emotional, we'll say things we wouldn't ordinarily say. We'll do things we would not ordinarily do. And Jesus knew how important these filters were. So you have to guard and filter the head and you have to filter the heart. Jesus is trying to explain. Now it's not you glanced, it's, it's a linger, it's, it's a lust. You've given yourself over into it. You're staring, you're wondering, you're thinking about what it might be. You're thinking about that person in a sexual way. And Jesus says, if you're doing that, it's already invaded your heart, and so the actions have already taken place. That is a very serious weight to the matter of the heart. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. 
Why does it matter so much? Why is the weight and the importance placed on guarding the heart? Because everything else flows from it. Everything comes from the heart. Scripture teaches us that the heart is actually deceitful above all things. In other words, it will lie to you when your brain is in a sinful place and there's been no filtration to your head and then it moves into your heart, everything else begins to flow from it. Everything in your life comes from the overflow of your heart. It's no different than, than the physical aspect of your heart. Your heart is what pumps blood and keeps everything alive. Your brain gives your body what to do, but the brain can't function if there's no blood flow coming from the heart. We have to keep our heart healthy. We need good heart health in order to have a healthy body. Spiritually, you need filters that are filtering your head and filtering your heart so that you can be healthy spiritually. It's the same principle. It's almost as if God's the one who designed it all, isn't it? It's like God designed the spirit and God designed the body and the function and the flow of those are not very different from one another. They all have a spiritual weight to it. It's all countercultural. Culture says follow your heart. Culture says don't you worry about it. Culture says you feel any way you want to feel and you do whatever you want to do and you think whatever you want to think. But in God's economy, in the vintage values of our faith, you need these filters in place. Let me give you a few ways that you can filter your heart. You can filter your heart, first of all, with what you hear. Because what you hear will affect your emotions. It'll affect your heart. Somebody can say something. The old saying is, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's not true. Somebody can speak words over you, and it can break your heart. You need to be careful about what you hear, what you allow said to you, and what you allow said about you, and what you entertain, because it affects those emotions. You need to filter what you see with your heart. Because sometimes when we get emotional, uh, when we get attached, to things that are unhealthy. It's because we've let it come into our system. Our brain has begun to dwell on it. It's took what we have seen and it's beginning to embed it into our heart. You need to filter what you say. You need to filter what you say about other people. Unforgiveness will lock you into a prison. You can't walk in unforgiveness and expect to walk in freedom. Don't let that get inside of your heart. You can't take what uh, has been said about you. You can't take what you say about other people. You can't let it get inside of your heart and lock you into a prison. So you need to filter your heart with what is said, and then you need to filter with what you think. Filter your heart with what you think. When the brain is thinking on the right thing, when you have the good, healthy head knowledge and you're in a good head space and you're doing and listening and living the way God would have you to live, it overflows into your heart. And then everything else flows out of your heart. So you filter your head, you filter your heart, and then number three, you filter your hands. You filter your hands, because this is important. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10 says this, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Underline that word do or highlight that somewhere if you can. Those who do, it's an action. Those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols, what's an idol? Anything before God. Or commit adultery or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. 
Culture says this is a lie. Culture says this is hate speech. Culture says this is bigotry. Culture says this is being racist or homophobic or whatever you want to use. But the Bible says that this is plain and simple. It is sin. It is against God's best. And I want to challenge you just before you begin to think about someone else, every one of these categories of, of living, it impacts every single one of us. Every one of these would envelop the way that we live and the weaknesses that we all have. We all may have a different weakness or a different sin propensity, but we all have a propensity to sin, every single one of us. And if our head is not filtered, if our heart is not filtered, then our hands are not filtered. What does that mean? It's the things that we do. It's the actions of our life. It's the overflow of your heart that makes you live and do certain things. You have to filter your hands so that you do not walk in these things. Culture says one thing, but this is scripture. I didn't write this. I didn't make this up. I didn't try to twist a scripture. I'm not trying to rewrite a scripture. This is as plain as plain can be. Do not be fooled. Don't let your brain tell you something different. Don't let your heart tell you something different so that your hands are doing something differently than God would intend for you to do. This is sin. Sin separates us from God and a separation from God removes us from His presence eternally and right now while we're living on this planet. But there's good news. He gave us a way to filter our lives. Here's some filters that you can put in, your, in, your, in, your, in place in your life so that you can live clean with your hands. Filter your hands. Here's the first one. It's confession. That's the good news. Confess it. Whatever the sin is, whatever, whatever the work of our hands that are sinful, that pull us away from God's best, well, a confession, going to Jesus, admitting that I'm a sinner, I've messed up, every single one of us. We have to overcome and fight sin daily. We're, uh, we're sinful people in a sinful world. None of us are perfect, but it's the daily pursuit of chasing after Jesus that makes all the difference. Today, you and I, we need to confess our sin before Jesus. Take it to Him. And then, not only to Jesus, because Jesus brings forgiveness, but maybe you want to write this down. Uh, in James 5, verse 16, it says, If you confess to others, you'll be healed. Jesus forgives, confession to other people brings, uh, Jesus forgives and they bring healing. Confession to other people in community. Confession is, is incredible to overcoming the sin of our hands. The second one is commitment, willpower. You need, you need willpower in your life, a little commitment. There, there was a study done of 67 undergraduates who, who skipped lunch and um, as they skipped their lunch, they, they, one set of group was, was handed a bowl of, of cookies and another group was, was handled like, a, like, a, 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 like broccoli, like sitting in front of them, like a healthy food. And one group was said, you can't eat the cookies. And the other group was told that they could eat the cookies. And the group that ate the cookies had a profoundly different impact than the ones who did not. Because then they were given a problem that they needed to solve. And while they were told to solve this problem, uh, the people who uh, were able to eat cookies spent on an average about 20 minutes trying to solve this problem. And the people who were having to eat the healthy food and ignore the cookies, they gave up after like an average of eight minutes. Why? Because they had used all of their willpower 
overcoming the temptation of the cookies in order to eat the healthy food. See, when you have willpower in your life, you have to flex it. You have to exercise it. You have to grow it. You have to mature it. It takes a daily dis uh, discipline. It takes daily living and decisions to say, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to build some willpower in my life. You need commitment to overcoming the sin in your life. I would say start with one. See, many people would say, I need to clean everything up. I got like 10 things I need to work on, and I need to get over this. I need to overcome this. I need to get this out of my life. Start with one. Many of us can't overcome more than one thing at a time. And we get overwhelmed and we quit because we're not doing it all right away. Just pick one. Start with one area of your life and say, I need to overcome this. I need to overcome this sin. I need to overcome this lust. I need to overcome this temptation. I need to overcome this attitude. Whatever it is that you need filtered in your life, commit to it and start with one. And then the third one I would tell you, it's a great filter to filter your hands, is community community. You need to do life with people. Iron sharpens iron. It's small groups. We do it at Cultivate Church. As a matter of fact, they begin this week, starting uh, on Sunday through the next several months, 12 weeks together. We're going to be meeting in small groups. You can see the directory online or on the church app. And you can pick a group just to be a part of, a group of people that you can connect to relationally that you can do life with. See, here's a great way that you can have relationship with people that challenge you. There's really three questions that maybe you want to ask somebody in your life and you want to have somebody ask you. What are you struggling with? Hey, what are you struggling with in your life? What, 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 what's, the, what's, the, what's the challenge in your life right now? What sin are you wrestling with? What's the temptation that you're having a hard time overcoming? What are you struggling with? Just get it out. Somebody you trust. You guys talk about it together. And they say, well, how are you working on it? What are you doing? Ask that person to overcome it. Let somebody ask you, what are you doing to overcome that sin or that temptation? And then ask that person. Allow them to ask you, how can I help? How can I pray for you? What can I do for you that will help you and encourage you to overcome? See, there's a very important decision that you and I have to make. We're going to live like the world, whatever we want, however we want, but you're going to reap what the world is reaping. People are hurting. People are struggling. Addictions are high. People's families are in disarray. Relationships are broken. People are in addiction. People are struggling because it's not God's best. Culture is lying to us. Culture today is selling us a lie. And there's a lot of people who are buying. But the vintage values, the vintage principles, the vintage ways of Scripture, it's God's best. It's what brings life. And so today I want to help you to introduce those forgotten filters back into your life. So that we would pray today that God would help filter our head, that God would filter our heart. God would filter our hands because it's the totality of the way that we live spiritually and physically. And we want to be healthy people following the best God has for us. I want to pray that over you today. Right where you are, if you can, I'd love for you to maybe bow your head, close your eyes, and just take a moment. The point is, be still before the Lord without distraction. And maybe something we talked about today in Scripture, maybe it challenged you. Maybe it motivated you, encouraged you today to take a step further with Jesus. Maybe you understood today that you need a commitment, you need a confession to Jesus, that you'll never get anywhere without Him. And so today, I want to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus if you don't have a relationship with Him. And then I want to pray for us because you know where your temptation is, what you're struggling with. You know what area of your life you need filtration. You need those filters installed in your life. And so I want to pray for us today. 
that God would help us do just that. So, Father, I thank you for my friends watching online once again, listening by podcast. I pray in this moment that if any of us has sin in our life and we need a decision or a commitment to you, that today would be our day. We confess we have sin. We've done life our own way. And Jesus, we recognize that we need you. So forgive us of our sin. We choose to commit our life to you. And Jesus, I pray right now for all of us, God, that you would help us to install those filters in our life. Filter my head and what's taking up space my brain, filter my heart, what's moving and challenging my feelings. And God, filter my hands, the work that I do and the actions that I take. I want to represent you well. I want to look like you. I want to be able to be a representation of you. And so God, I need those filters in my life. Help me to be more like you. Help my friends today, God, to follow after you, to get accountability in our lives so that we can chase after you and be healthy believers, disciples of Jesus, living out an authentic faith. Thank you, God, for these vintage values and for these forgotten filters. In Jesus' name.